Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is time to put some players in your queue, or if you still come with like a notepad to your draft, time to write down some names. We're giving you a ton of sleepers, a ton of breakouts, and some busts. You want a separate list for the bus. Keep those separate so you don't, you know, make a mistake and draft them. I'm Adam Azer. I got Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg here. It is Monday, August 29th. This is actually a pretty big day for us. We're going to be raising a lot of money for St. Jude tonight with our poker tournament. I will tell you about that in a little bit. I have been... Doing what I love best, uh, talking to people that I don't ordinarily talk to, giving them fantasy advice. Fantasy football brings us all together, and I was doling out a lot of advice, helping people with their drafts this weekend, and I love it. Dave, busy weekend for you? Dave, you are muted. Come back to us. (laughs) Come back to us, Dave Richard. Hold on, I'm here. I was unmuted. And you lost your microphone in the process. All right, go change your settings. We're gonna we're gonna get Dave set. Microphone either? What the hell? Yeah, you were fine when we did the mic check five minutes ago. That was weird. I'm telling you. Something happened. All right, Jamie, how about you? Busy weekend for you? You hear me now? Tap on your mic. Let's do a mic check on the air. Nope. Still wrong. (laughs) Jamie, we're off to a good start here. How about you? Hey, buddy. How are you? Busy weekend doling out fancy advice? Uh, yes, I had four drafts over the weekend, three on Sunday, one on uh, Saturday, and it was uh, it was funny you, you say that because there were people that came to the draft with lists printed out still. Yeah. Um, it was uh, well, two of them were my my father son leagues that I did with my ten year old, and in a week my eight year old, um, and so uh, the parents, you know, that came with like their list, their sheets. Um, <laughs> drafting all over the place it's 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 really really interesting to see people that are doing this you know for the first time or looking at it for the first time you know just oh my god i got my draft i gotta prepare you know and then they come and they're just like it's like round eight and one one guy goes did david montgomery go yet (laughs) he he was gone um defenses when they went kickers when they went quarterbacks when they went it's just fascinating when you see people that are not immersed in it like we are, which is you know yeah. the fun part of it to see how people just react differently. All right, we're gonna get Dave back in a bit. You're probably wondering if you're watching right now, what is around my neck? I'm going to show you. It is freaking awesome. We're gonna be auctioning it off, but I want Dave to be able to see it to react to it because he's gonna love it. Um, let me tell you some of the names we're gonna be bringing up as sleepers, as breakouts, as busts. Uh, breakouts like AJ Dillon and and Chase Edmonds. Sleepers like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, Naeem Hines, Nico Collins. On the bus list, it's all based on cost. It's all based on cost. James Conner for Dave, um, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, I think both of you have them uh, on your bus list. Ezekiel Elliott for Jamie. So we'll talk about it all in a bit. We do have to start with the big news here, and it's an uncomfortable subject, and I probably, to be quite honest, my least favorite thing uh, about the job is when we have to talk about fantasy value when, you know, because you need to know. You have questions, and, and and I get it. But obviously, we're talking about the Brian Robinson situation, and you're going to want to know what to do, and, and we'll, we'll get to that. But obviously, uh, sincerely, we are hoping for the best for Brian Robinson. He was shot multiple times yesterday, commander's rookie running back, 
And, you know, thank God he has, according to reports, sustained non-life-threatening injuries. Seems like he's going to be fine, at least in that respect. We simply do not know what it means for when he'll be back on the field. And this came not long after a report from ESPN that he had basically supplanted Antonio Gibson as the primary ball carrier. So it was exciting for, for Robinson, and, you know, and then this happens, and it's just so sad, and we really hope he's doing okay and happy to hear the good news on that front, but I'm sorry that he had to go through this. It's really just terrible, and our thoughts are with him for sure. So uh, I hope there's no negative blowback. I'll accept it if there is, but I do feel the obligation to talk about fantasy football because you're curious and it is time to draft. So, Jamie, I'll ask you at this point now, where are you taking Antonio Gibson, who, you know, for the moment is, is in a similar situation to what he was in last year, and he was a number two running back last year. He was finished top 12. He was number 17 per game in full PPR, number 14 in non-PPR. Um, I'm doing a draft, a slow draft, the FFT Invitational, where I'm considering taking him in round six if he's still there. Um, what would you say for, for Antonio Gibson and I guess for Robinson? Yes, uh, first off, I echo everything you said. Um, I think you said it uh, very appropriately. Um, for Gibson, I think round six is probably the spot that you, you know, would first want to look at him. You know, clearly the later that he falls, the better because of the uncertainty. But in the uh, event that he is the, not just probably the week one starter, because I think that's what how you have to operate at this point, but if he's the starter for the first half of the season or the majority of the season, depending on, you know, Robinson's condition, then he does have the ability to resume his role from a year ago. Um, assuming that nobody else is brought in, to challenge him for carries. Um, I don't know who that would be at this point. You know, probably waiting to see who gets cut. He should be the leader in carries, and he'll have a role in the passing game. But obviously, you have to factor in J.D. McKissick as well. So, you know, it's uh, it's still not the ideal scenario for Gibson's fantasy value, but you just have to sort of take it as if he's going to be the guy for the foreseeable future. In terms of Robinson, I still think he's worth drafting right now. Um, again, not knowing what the status is. But if it's not... Um, something that is going to keep him out for the majority of the season, and we get the good news that we're hoping for, then he's uh, has a chance to you know just continue to to play like he was. So hopefully everything's okay with him, and you know we we look back on this and say thank God he's okay, thank God he's you know not not any you know uh, n- nothing serious, and he can take advantage of the football opportunity that was presented to him because he really earned it. Okay, uh, if. Let's just say they had not drafted Brian Robinson. What would you? Where would you rank Antonio Gibson if he just didn't really have that competition? Um, barring the the fumbles and the the struggles that we you know saw, uh, well, I there, think he would. Yeah, there'd be no competition. I mean, even if he did fumble, right, he'd still be the starting running back. Sure. So it's the uh, let's see which backfield could be comparable. It's the um, I don't know if there's one. Uh, I don't know. Giants. Giants, maybe. Um, you know, where you just know he's the guy and there's nobody, well, like McKissick's there. Not, yeah, not yeah. It's, it, um, it'd be the, honestly, it'd be the Washington backfield from last year. It'd be the same. Yeah. Round five. Okay. Cause he was a round two pick last year and he didn't yeah, we made that, but play like a round three pick, I guess. Uh, all right. So <laughs> there are more news items here. Najee Harris, apparently he played yesterday in the preseason game. I don't know. The Steelers really played their starters a lot in the preseason, but not him. Really not until yesterday. Yeah, no kidding. Najee Harris had a sprained list frank in training camp. Uh, are you just are you fine with him now? He appears to be over that. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least we have some clarity about what it was. Um, you know, you can certainly say that it's it's still worth keeping an eye on and be cautious. But um, I think in regards to you know what his upside is, you know, I don't know if Jalen Warren or. Um, don't think Benny Snell, you know, the, those type of guys that they have behind him are going to Anthony McFarlane. I don't think they're taking him off the field for significant stretches. You kind of know what you're getting. You know, Mike Tomlin's running backs are tried and true. It's uh, a lot of work, and hopefully the role in the pass game. I like the fact that he had three catches in that game yesterday. And so if they continue to use him as as they did a year ago, you know, where he's going to be among the league leaders in targets and receptions, there's there's immense value. Now, offensive line, you know what you're getting. Quarterback, you kind of have an idea at this point what you're getting. So hopefully just a better year two for Najee Harris from a, a rushing standpoint, but volume should be huge for him. Okay. And how about the other Steelers notes? Deontay Johnson left with a shoulder injury and their star edge rusher, TJ Watt left with a knee injury yesterday. The initial reports are that they sh- should be fine, right? 
That's what Mike Tomlin told Evan Washburn during the game, uh, CBS sideline reporter and guy who does some stuff for us. So I, I think you got to take him for his word. You know, it's hard to say because it is a preseason. You know, the minute anybody sneezes, I would take him off the field. You know, yeah, so, no kidding. Um, anytime you see a guy, you know, get hurt and suddenly have to go into the medical tent, it should, you know, say, okay, your day's over. And so I, I, I just don't understand why they played him as much as they did. It was <laughs> nice to see him on a 38-yard reception too. Oh, Hey, Dave. Can you hear me now? Hey, there you go. I remember. I make no promises that this is going to last more than five minutes, but I'm uh, I'm here. I remember the can you hear me now thing. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I'm going to give you the next news items here. J.K. Dobbins may not have a heavy workload early in the season, according to The Athletic. And then you've got this Rams backfield, which looks like perhaps even more of a mess. Sean yep. McVay says he anticipates rookie running back Kyron Williams, who's kind of a passing down specialist coming out of the draft, having a big role, Kyron Williams. Daryl Henderson's going to practice in full this week, and he appears to be ahead of Cam Akers. So first of all, when are you comfortable taking J.K. Dobbins and then break down the Rams' backfield when you want to take those guys? I'm taking Dobbins in round five, maybe the end of round four, but it's with a serious leap of faith. We don't know. I think we kind of do know that he's not ready for the full workload at the beginning of the season and he's going to be eased in and uh, look, man, I, I hope he's ready. I hope he's healthy. Eventually uh, he could be a league winner by the time we get to mid October, great talent, good offense. They want to run more. We'll see, but there, there's something going on with him because he was, he's coming back from the ACL and he's still not with the team yet in full team drills and obviously no preseason action. That's not a surprise, but everything else kind of is. And I'm I'm kind of out on any Rams running back in the first six rounds. I don't want Cam Akers because he's still sidelined. Henderson's coming back this week. I didn't actually hear McVay's comment on Kyron Williams, but I did know that he practiced with the Rams in Cincinnati, and he apparently looked so good in practice that they held him out of the preseason game after Sean McVay said that he would play in the preseason game. He could be the third down guy. He could be the two-minute guy. That negates a lot of value from both Akers and Henderson uh, it could be a mess, and it could be an offense that throws the ball a lot anyway. So uh, passing on those guys in the first six rounds. Are you guys taking Cam Akers or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Clyde. Clyde. Cam Akers or Miles Sanders? I think Akers I have Sanders higher. Akers for now. Akers or Antonio Gibson? Uh, I'll take Akers. Uh, Gibson right now. Okay. And finally, Ty Montgomery left with an ankle injury. Over the weekend, I just saw an update. Bill Belichick said, we haven't practiced since we've been back here, so we'll see how things go today, see what he's able to do, but I think he's doing all right. And this is Ty Montgomery, who he may not matter all that much. He might in PPR, but if he misses time, it would, I would think, help Stevenson more than anyone, but it could help both Harris and Stevenson. And it could be pretty significant, I think, you know, because that, that could be just a true third down back for the Patriots. All right, listen. What is this awesome thing around my neck? Check this baby out. This is from Trophy Smack. We are going to auction this off for St. Jude on Wednesday during the draftathon. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to see the design because of the light, but I'm going to just, here we go. Look at this baby. Oh my gosh. This, I mean, this is how you celebrate a fantasy football championship. It says the undisputed fantasy football champion. It's got some, some, uh, some St. Jude stuff on there. It's awesome. It's going to be game worn basically, and we're auctioning it off. It also we also have a Trophy Smack championship ring that you can give out to your league winner. Throw that puppy up there. So if you're not looking, I mean these are like these are the most incredible ways to brag about winning a fantasy championship. I got one of those. On tro- from Trophy Smack? Yeah, for winning the Flex League. So I oh, have the yeah. exact same chain that you're wearing i had to fly home with it which was fun because <laughs> it's 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 certainly worth its weight uh in a great way it's um i've been meaning to put it behind me um at some point so i just haven't gotten around to it it's been sitting in my bedroom but uh, it uh Talk, I'm, kudos to you for wearing that thing because i wore it for a little bit at the draft and i was like that's it's just it's it they do a great job you know they certainly give you a, a great product and um, I was thrilled to receive that. Uh, Jake Seeley gave me that in front of a room full of other analysts, and it was like, um, what the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> for those of you not watching, Adam is taking the chain off of his head. He put his headphones in his mouth. 
He's now walked away from his microphone. Presumably he's probably fallen over because that thing weighs more than he does. And so now he's back. Headphones okay, yeah. back on. Don't put he's don't put in. headphones on with your trophy smack chain. I'm gonna guess, knowing how much you weigh, or at least what I presume you to weigh, that thing weighs more than you. <laughs> I don't know about more, but it's it's not that it's not far off. No, it's not it's not like so heavy that you can't move. But it's it was a little. It, no, I no, it was more that you're headphones. just so light that you. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, all right, and we have our poker tournament tonight. So it is at seven p.m. I'm pretty sure. No, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can still sign up. You can go to my Twitter page, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, and you can see the info there. You can still sign up. And we've got the World Poker Tour giving away a one-year membership to Club WPT VIP. And we're going to have someone, uh, the executive tour director is going to be joining us tonight. We're also going to be having uh, Matt Berkeley, the founder of Solve for Why Poker Training. is He's going to give away monthly subscriptions. So we've got amazing stuff that we're giving away tonight on the stream. Tom Wheaton, our guy from Faded Spade, is putting this on for us. He's helping us out, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tom. And we're going to be giving away cool stuff. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think the winner gets a spot in next year's podcast league. So, Jamie, you can't give that spot away anymore. Uh, but nice. join us for the poker tournament. It's all all to benefit St. Jude. And if you need any information about it, it is in my Twitter feed, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Now, Dave is genuinely having some issues with his computer. So I hope he can come back. If not, I'll tell you the sleepers he gave, and Jamie can react to them. All right, I want a new sleeper, a new breakout, and a new bust. It's going to be in your last edition. The columns will be on the website, cbsports.com slash fantasy. Jamie, give me an updated sleeper. Uh, Zamir White, I'm not going to leave my draft without taking Zamir White if I have the opportunity to. Uh, we know that Josh Jacobs is going to be in a committee with White and Amir Abdullah. And I think based on the Kenyon Drake news, it's pretty clear how much they value Zamir White's opportunity here. So um, he's got a chance to be a lottery ticket. So he'll play. I don't know if you'll ever use him while Jacobs is healthy. At least I, I hope not for the people that draft Jacobs. But he'll have enough of a role, I think, that if they do turn to him, and as we've seen in the preseason, there's a chance for Zamir White to uh, be a potential starter for you. Zamir White or Rashad White? So right, White for the Raiders, Rashad White for the Bucks. Who would you rather draft? I'd rather have Zamir White at this point. Okay. Give me a new breakout. Christian Kirk. You know, as, as we saw in that game against the Steelers, the second preseason game for the Jaguars, the third preseason game for the Jaguars, excuse me, they played in the Hall of Fame game. Um, he had eight targets, five catches in the first half, and I think we're going to see his role uh, expand from where it was in Arizona as the number one guy there for Trevor Lawrence. I think Doug Peterson will maximize his potential. You know about the contract that they gave him to make him, you know, a featured part of this offense. And I think we've got a chance of what that could be. You know, I don't know if he's going to get eight targets a half on a consistent basis, probably going to be eight targets a game. <laughs> um, but they made an effort to try and get him the ball, and I think that's going to be fun to see. And I'll just say what I said last week in case you missed it. We did a profile. Go back and listen to it. It's in the FFT feed. It's in the FFT and five feed. Um, Jacob Gibbs profiled Christian Kirk and, and basically said that he wasn't really able to play the slot young, earlier in his career because Larry Fitzgerald was there, but he is a slot guy. He's, he's best in the slot, kind of unlocked his potential a little bit last year when Kirk was able to play the slot, and he expects that to be a big part of his game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and a new bust. New bust for you. Uh, the new bust for me, I forgot who I gave you. Let me see it because I forgot as well. <laughs> Uh, today's show, the first email from Jamie. Oh, Akers. Cam Akers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this at the beginning of training camp. I think maybe after, after the draft, when they drafted Kieran Williams, that if Penny, if uh, Henderson and, and Williams are going to be a part of this, then Akers is going to struggle because he's going to share carries. And, and I was a little concerned about Williams with the passing game role. When we had Williams hurt right after the draft, we got that news. I was like, okay, Akers' role in the passing game should be fine. And we've talked about this a lot about how typically Sean McVay, when he has a guy, he leans on a guy. But just everything that's unfolding for Cam Akers right now, on top of the fact that he's still going as the 21st running back based on ADP in round four, it's just it just seems like just adding up for a, a, a bad start. I hope it's not a bad finish because at one point I drafted Cam Akers in, uh, in round four pretty consistently. And I feel icky about that now. So uh, I'm still hopeful he'll be a good fantasy option but I'm just not confident that he's going to be the breakout that I had hopes for him to be this year. I want to just throw out, I'm not going to use necessarily the word bus. I just figured this was the best time to bring him up in the show. One thing that stood out to me from preseason week three 
that could lead to a little bit of bust potential. I want to get your thoughts on Alvin Kamara. And Kamara came out, looked great. He was obviously the starter. He was involved on the opening drive. But Mark Ingram ran it in from the goal line. And just going back to what it used to be, they didn't really have, you know, when they were clicking, they didn't really have a, a specified goal line back. They both got their opportunities. I, I don't think that Ingram's going to score more touchdowns than Kamara, but I do think there are going to be times when Ingram takes Kamara off the field in those situations. I know that you've been, you brought this up and I brought it up. There were only four games last year where Kamara played fewer than 70% of the snaps, and those were the only four games he played with Ingram. So I, I don't want to use the term bust. But I didn't like that development because I, I do think that could continue at certain times in the in the regular season of Ingram getting in at the goal line and scoring some touchdowns. What did you think of that? It's hard to say with the preseason just because, you know, who knows what they were trying to accomplish there. You know, I think they feel pretty good about Kamara punching in from the goal line if they have to. Maybe they just want to get Ingram some work. But obviously it's a concern. You know, it's 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 something that we discussed before or along with the potential suspension, that it's not just going to be him in this every down role and they don't want to necessarily do that. Now, Pete Prisco was in New Orleans and he brought this up after I assume speaking to the coaching staff there and the front office there, the guys that he knows that without Sean Payton there, that we could see a situation where Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael, Allen, the head coach, Carmichael, the office coordinator, that they don't take him off the field in some of those situations because they don't feel like they have to necessarily baby him as much. And so maybe that Peyton was doing that a little bit. So we'll see. You know, I, I don't know. I think that's a reason to run away from him because when you start to compare him to the guys that he's being drafted around, and I think, you know, if you want to bring Mixon in the conversation, I would take him after Mixon. But, you know, when you start to compare him to Aaron Jones, well, we know Jones is going to share touches. When you compare him to Barkley, who feels safer? I think you can make a case Kamara feels safer. Suspension scenario aside. Um, DeAndre Swift. Kamara's probably in a better yeah. spot, right, in terms of sharing touches. Yeah. So... Those top-tier guys in the first and second round, Javante Williams, if you want to put him there also, there's clearly committees. And so how much of the split do you favor the lead guy? I still favor Kamara by, by a significant margin. And I'm not worried about the fact that Mark Ingram may steal a touchdown or two. All right, so let me get another round here. I was going to go into a different topic for a minute, but I want to get more names out there. So Jamie gave you Zamir White as a sleeper, Christian Kirk as a breakout, Alvin Kamara as a bust. We'll get into a lot more names later, but let's just do one more. Jamie, uh, the sleepers you gave me, you can pick one from this list of Cousins, Hines, Josh Palmer, Osborne, Nico Collins. Who do you want to highlight? Uh, I mean, Naheem Hines has been somebody that I've drafted a lot of, and I took him in two different drafts. Uh, I had simultaneous drafts going on last night, and I took him in both drafts almost at the same time, around the same round, which is typically around round six or around, around seven or around eight for me in PPR. Um, wow. You no, know, I said that, round eight or round nine. Okay, um, okay, yeah. Uh, but I'm aggressive with him. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about his opportunity. I think we're going to see him get back to that at minimum if he stays healthy, he has two seasons with 63 catches. One was his rookie year with Andrew Luck. One was 2020 with Phillip Rivers. I do think he has a chance to be north of 70 catches. You know, you told me this, uh, you know, I'm sure doing your notes about Michael Pittman and his target rate, his target percentage in the preseason. I really do think that Naeem Hines is going to be second on the team in receptions. And I don't know if it's going to be close. I think there's going to be Pittman by a, a decent margin, Hines by a decent margin, two over three. And then Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell and, and maybe Moali Cox competing for three, four, and five. This is what Matt Ryan does. He likes to throw to his backs. He's going to throw it to him. Uh, they're going to use him a lot. They're going to use him in tandem on the same on the field at the same time with Jonathan Taylor. So if he can get back to the six touchdown threshold that he had in 2020, you're going to feel comfortable starting him on a weekly basis as at least a flex in PPR. So if you go about your build, heavy receiver, hero RB, zero RB, this should absolutely be one of your targets for sure. So how do you compare Naeem Hines? And by the way, the stat Jamie was mentioning was uh, that Michael Pittman had a 35% target share with Matt Ryan during the preseason, which would be, you know, which would lead the NFL. Uh, 35% target share. No other Colt had more than a 12% target share. Uh, but how do you, in full PPR, decide between Naeem Hines and guys like Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny? You know, does he, is he after those guys or what? Or in the mix? I have him ranked after those guys, but I don't typically draft those guys because I'm usually looking at wide receiver at that point. And so, again, it's also knowing who you draft with because I know, like, for me, 
I don't think a lot of people, if they're looking at projections, are necessarily looking at Heinz or other rank lists. You know, like, uh, you know, if people like to use Dave's rank list, for example, he's a little bit lower on him. Heath and I are kind of in a similar range. So depending on how you use our draft board, but if you use other draft boards, you know, and, and we have these conversations, I would assume fantasy analysts at other sites are having these conversations. Oh, I play on Yahoo. I don't see these guys ranked as high as you have them. Well, that's because I like them better than their projections or their other analysts. Right. ESPN, same thing. NFL, same thing. You know, it's a matter where you play and how you take advantage of it. Again, people do that with our site as well. Totally understandable. So for me, it's my my roster construction and when I like to, you know, buy into certain guys. So obviously if Miles Sanders hits, he's going to be better than Naeem Mines. If Rashad Penny hits, he's going to be better than Naeem Mines. You have to, you can't approach it that way. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what I know what I'm getting from Naheem Hines, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And then as we saw in their first preseason game when Taylor didn't play and Hines did, it was all Naheem Hines. True, true. Yeah. Opening drives. And if that happens and he's the, the backup to Taylor from a carry standpoint, my goodness, he could be top 15, top 10, you know, based on how this team likes to use their backs. All right, give me another breakout. Um, let's go with, I said Christian Kirkery. Let's go with, uh, Chase Edmonds, you know, getting an opportunity to be the lead running back for the Dolphins. Now, I, I think it was nice to see Raheem Mostert play, um, in their preseason game against the Eagles. And he looked explosive on the one run. So you have to factor that in, but I think Edmonds will be significant part, be a significant part of the passing game. And who knows what this Jalen Waddle injury, you know, is and how long it lingers into the season. If it does, you know what that means. But I think Mike McDaniels will be cre- creative enough. Mike McDaniel will be creative enough to use Edmonds. Uh, in the passing game, we saw that in their second preseason game against the Raiders. I think we'll see him used as the primary ball carrier to start the season. To what extent, I don't know. So take that into account. But um, I, as you see, uh, if you're watching on our on our show, Sportsline has their projections as the 20th running back off the board. That's a little bit too aggressive for me. Uh, but I do think he could finish in that range if things go well for him. The only thing I might disagree with you on is that Edmonds would be the primary ball carrier at the start of the season. I actually, I feel like Mostert might would... I feel like he would be that guy, and he will not play a full season. He's played eight and one games in his last two years, but I don't disagree with Edmonds' breakout, but I would put Mostert on a sleepers list. I agree. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Mostert's not going to catch passes. That would be Edmonds, but week one, I'll give Mostert 10 carries. Well, maybe they're easing him. No, I'll give Mostert 11 carries. Edmonds gets eight. That seems low. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to play out, man. But I feel like they want Mostert to be their running back, their primary running back, rusher. Uh, and Edmonds, some carries, some catches. What do you think? I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. And, and, and I think, you know, uh, you asked Dave about J.K. Dobbins. And I think there's a few guys that you have to sort of understand what you're buying. Dobbins is one because of his injury situation. I think... Um, Brees Hall is one. I think Chase Edmonds could be one. And what I mean by that is maybe AJ Dillon is one. Isn't that you don't necessarily need an injury in front if there's a if there's a tandem or or a shared situation for the guy to maximize his potential. But I also think there's going to be a feeling out process. For Brees Hall, it's going to be how much work can he handle early and how good is Michael Carter potentially. Uh, for Dillon, it could be game flow. You know, if they're trailing, we'll probably see a lot more of Aaron Jones. I think for Dobbins is going to be, you have to understand there's probably going to be a little bit of a lull, but you're buying a guy that could be a top 15 running back if, when he's healthy and hopefully he's healthy by middle to the end of September. And so with Edmonds, it could be exactly what you're saying. It could be that Mostert is the, is the primary uh, ball carrier, is the guy that starts the first game, gets the first carry because of his familiarity and, and the veteran you know, understanding that he's, he's the guy that Mike McDaniel trusts. But if Edmonds has the role that I expect... You know, and I think Heath brought this up when he was um, uh, trying to say that, you know, you're, the, the discounts that you're getting. I think if you, if th- there's three guys that I would tier, I would say if you want the next Alvin Kamara, it's DeAndre Swift. If you want the next DeAndre Swift, it's Travis Etienne. If you want the next Travis Etienne or what he could be, huh. it's Chase Edmonds. That's kind of cool. I like that. You know, so it's like a trickle down effect, yeah. you know, but, and, and, and you think about it at cost, Chase Edmonds is, amazing value for what he could be he's still going around pick 90 on cbs as like uh, i have in front of me here it's like the 430 30, 36 or 37 
36 running back off the board, 92.1. Okay, uh, finally, give me a, give me a, another fantasy bust. Uh, another bust. So I gave you what? Burrow, Rodgers. Uh, I'll give you Jacobs. Jacobs, um, yep. You know, well, I guess we already talked about that. It was Amir White. Um, Zeke. Zeke is game. just, <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand his ADP. He's, he's still going in, in the 30s. He's still got the same concerns minus the offensive line situation. And now you have the offensive line situation on top of it. And so with Dak saying Tony Pollard's going to have a, a significant role in the passing game, the only thing I feel like is saving Ezekiel Elliott at this point is Jerry Jones. Yeah. And it's a good thing to have. As I said, Mike McCarthy's a puppet. He's going to do what Jerry wants. But how far? How long? All right. So Jamie gave you two sleepers, Zamir White, and even much earlier than Zamir White, uh, Naeem Hines. Two breakouts, Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds. And two busts, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and I am sorry, I don't remember. Oh, Cam Akers. Cam Akers, right. Okay. So I want to tell you about a major breakout. I want to tell you about Liquid IV. Actually, a couple months ago, my wife had COVID, pretty bad, and like not terrible, but you know, one of the it wasn't great. It was kind of stuck in bed for a couple of days. She loved liquid IV because we have a ton of it, and this really got her going again. This is a great way to stay hydrated. All right, you got to stay hydrated. It's still really hot out there. Jamie was just telling me. Uh, over the weekend about his, uh, his kids' Little League games, and it was so hot out there that some of the kids had to take breaks, and you know that was unusual, but it's freaking hot. So make sure you stay hydrated and use Liquid IV for it. It's hydration that's two times faster than water alone. Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times, t- two times faster and more efficiently. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. You got electrolytes. It's non-GMO. It's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. By the way, it's delicious. They have 10 refreshing flavors. They've got Concord Grape, Lemon Lime, Pina Colada, Tropical Punch, and more. Uh, Liquid IV is also on a mission to change the world for every purchase. They donate a serving to someone in need. So that's another reason why you need it. But listen, it's a it's a, like a powder. I use it. I drink it. It's delicious. You pour it in some water. You stir it up. And you just feel better. You get a little reinvigorated, okay? So grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 15% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code FFT at checkout. So you can either go to Costco or get that discount, 15% off. 15% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code FFT at liquidiv.com. It doesn't appear that Dave is going to be back, unfortunately. He's having some computer issues. It really stinks. I wanted him on this show, and he wanted to be here. Uh, Before we get back into sleepers, breakouts, and busts, any big preseason winners or losers for you from week three? I was impressed with... Impressed is a bad word. I was uh, pleased with Jacoby Brissett leaning on Dave Njoku as much as he did. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. You know, Dave has been talking about this a lot, and so... Um, I moved Njoku to 12th in PPR, 13th in non-PPR, and we'll just have to see what happens once Deshaun Watson gets back and maybe some more downfield throws. But, um, you know, we knew that he was going to be second on the team in targets, which is something that we like. And you saw in, in, their, in their game just how much Brissett was, was leaning on him. And, and it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Anthony Schwartz had actually caught a few of those passes that were thrown yeah. in his direction. Poor kid just had a miserable game. Also, no um, Cooper, no Chubb, no Hunt. Uh, so, true. That, that true. did help David Njoku. Um, but I do think that he's going to have a big, big opportunity. And and the same, we have to adjust our bet, by the way, now that we know it's 11 games. Uh, so we'll do, wow. we, we said it was going to be uh, on a 15 game scenario. This was a Kareem Hunt bet over under 60 catches. I took the under, Jamie took the over. So what do you think? Right. So what's the math on that? 15, six is four game. Uh, yeah. So, so now that's it's eleven 40, games, huh? So we're, so we're just doing. So we're just doing forty-four catches in the in the first eleven games. Forty-four catches the first eleven games. Okay, and if he misses time, then it's off. Four, so how goes. about four catches per game? That, four catches per game. That way, I get to Azer stat if he leaves a game halfway. Okay. All right, Kareem Hunt four catches per game. I'm going to take the under, even though I and which sucks. I draft Kareem Hunt a lot. He's one of my favorites in the you know round seven, round eight range. Uh, how about 
Cordero Patterson, just not in necessarily in week three, but we barely saw him in the preseason. And I don't think any of the running backs, Tyler Algier, Kadri Allison, Damian Williams, I don't think they stood out. And I wonder if Cordero Patterson is is going to open the year as their primary running back. I don't I really have no idea what to expect from Cordero Patterson. He is not a guy I've drafted at all. I, I basically don't even consider him. But maybe, yeah. What do you think about about Patterson? Was this actually a good preseason for him? Not playing, yeah, or not or barely playing. I, I think so. You know, nobody else stood out. But you know, even on the broadcast uh, of the game, they were saying that this is a guy they're hoping by midseason will have a significant role. And so about Algier, by Tyler Algier, yeah. And look, I think if you if you're looking at their depth chart right now, it's Patterson one, probably Damian Williams two, and Algier three, if not Allison ahead of Algier, but. This is somebody you just have to take a, another guy, a long-term approach with, you know. So don't don't get upset if he's not playing early in the season and panic drop him unless there's just somebody that's that much better and he's the worst guy on your roster. But um, they're not going to be a great team. I think we're going to see clearly the difference again is Mariota's going to run more so than probably Patterson is going to dominate carries like he did a season ago. He broke down for a reason. Thirty-one-year-old guy. And so while he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body because of a, a as a traditional running back, he's still at that point in in his career where you have to say, okay, age is not on his side, father time is not on his side. So I think you know based on where he's been drafted, it's fine. You know, you're taking him as a as a third running back flex type of play. You go zero RB, it's a guy that could probably gets you off to a decent start early in the season. But I'm just not excited about Cordero Patterson. Now that could change if Drake London's not ready for Week One. And we see him maybe in a sort of a hybrid role, playing more wide receiver than he did last year. But I just don't want to trust him to be that same type of guy. So if you're just drafting him with the right reasons, right intentions, you know, not a not a must-start guy, that's fine. It was nice to see Justin Fields and the Bears offense look a little bit better. Their first series was a dreadful three and out, but then they got going a little bit and had three touchdown drives in their next four possessions. The last one was against the Cleveland backups and, and Cleveland didn't have Denzel Ward or Jadavion Clowney or Miles Garrett. So you don't know what to make of it, but for such a bad preseason for Justin Fields, for him to follow up with 14 of 16, 156 yards, three touchdowns. That was nice. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that that yeah, changes. It wasn't Mooney. Yeah. Mooney had one target. He threw 16 passes, only one to Mooney. He really spread it around Dante Pettis, Isaiah Coulter, Cole Komet. Cole Komet was had a 26 yard touchdown on busted coverage against the backups late in the first half. Uh, but uh, his was the third touchdown. Yes. Yeah, his was the last one. But yeah, he spread around. I don't. I don't know. I didn't really make anything of that as far as as far as Mooney goes. But it was good to see something from Fields. No, no, I meant that for Fields. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, using everyone. But he's still on CBS ADP. He's actually going behind guys like Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston, and I think Ryan Tannehill. Uh, there's a big separation between Tua Tagovailoa and Trevor Lawrence, and then Justin Fields on CBS ADP. Whereas I always lump the three of them together. How do you see it? I mean, you know where I come out on this. You know, if you, you have the ability to run for, you know, north of 500 yards and, and we told you what he did his last six healthy games, he was on pace for just shy of 1,000 yards. You know, I think that's going to be a big part of his game because this offensive line is going to let him down. He's going to escape the pocket. When there's not a throw down the field, he's going to run. And so I think there's a lot to like about his upside. Now, I will say this when it comes to when you look at quarterback ADP, when it's not separated, and unfortunately our ADP does not get separated by draft. I don't know how, how, how many ADP sites separate between Superflex and non-Superflex. I know there are sites out there that do it. In Superflex leagues, there are people, and I totally get it, the safety factor of certain number two quarterbacks. And I don't know if Justin Fields falls in the safe category. You know, I think he certainly falls in the upside category. Yeah. But, you know, if you're looking at safe, you kind of know what you're getting with Matt Ryan, especially, you know, he'll he'll go. I know the ADP doesn't reflect that for us, but I think he'll go later than Fields. Um, Trevor Lawrence is probably safer. And so for me, I'm always going to look for as much upside as I can, even in those formats. So I will draft Fields first. He's wow. certainly some like I drafted um, in one league last night where I was hoping to go because Carr was my last highest rated quarterback. And Fields at the time was 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 right behind him. I was hoping to pair the two together, but um, it's a keeper league, so somebody took Fields before I, I was ready to take him. Uh, but in any event, that that's certainly a, a pairing that I like to do. If I go Cousins or Carr, I like to pair them with Fields or Lawrence because I think those two guys have top 12 upside. Okay. So we're going to get to more sleepers, breakouts, and busts right now. I do have to tell you one thing, though. Listen, we got 1,000-plus people watching right now. We have 104 likes 
So please do us a favor on YouTube. This is our biggest live audience of the year, I believe. So thank you for that. Um, please do us a favor and hit that like button, and we'd really appreciate it. Let's get that going. More. Sleep- right, listen. Let's yeah. do this. What's our What's our email address? Fantasy football at cbsi.com. That's the letter I. Fantasy football on cbsi.com. All right. At cbsi. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Screen grab it. Send us a picture to that email, and I'll put you in consideration for the Fantasy Football Today HQ League, which I haven't picked the winners yet. All right. Good stuff. What's the email address again? FantasyFootball at CBSI, the letter I, dot com. And put something in the subject line, like screenshot, just so we know. No, put FFTHQ. All right. FFT, yeah, whatever. Yeah, FFTHQ. Good. So let me read some of Dave's sleepers here. He has Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tungavailoa. So how would you rank those two plus Fields? I know Fields first, then how would it go? I really struggle with Fields and Lawrence, uh, but I go Fields, Lawrence, Tua. And I struggle just in general in one QB leagues getting any of these guys because they're far enough down in the rankings where you don't have to take them, but they're good enough where you want to take them. And I hope that they can just make this quarterback position super deep this year. But Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tungavailoa, you know the deal. Everything is is ready for them to to break out, and they're on the sleepers list. Whatever they could be breaking. And I, I would I would include Winston too. You know I think Winston belongs at, at in this group also. You know I think there's enough upside for him with his receiving core. And I'm actually very curious. Uh, I I tweeted out over the weekend just because of all the drafts going on, all the mock drafts that we've done, the more the recent mock drafts that we've done, and I got a few. Where's the 14 team leagues? Where's some of the deeper leagues? We have our podcast draft tonight, which is a 14-team PPR league, and I'll post the results of that uh, at some point tomorrow. These are quarterbacks that are certainly in play, you know, because yeah. they're going to be people, Adam. They're going to take, you yeah. know, probably two quarterbacks yeah. before I take one, and we could see a scenario of, you know, uh, I share the team with uh, with a very generous uh, St. Jude donor, Todd Rones, and we, um, we we may wait on quarterback to the point where we're starting maybe Lawrence Antua, you know, those, that that type of combo. And we, we got are, one email already. Look at this. Great oh, nice. Job. We are going to be reviewing that 14 team PPR mo- uh, live draft or real draft, the podcast league draft. We're going to be reviewing it on our Tuesday night stream, 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We got two. Two. All right. All right. All right. So, other sleepers for Dave three running backs that you can take late Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, and Mike Davis. Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, and Mike Davis. Uh, yeah, I mean, they all fit the bill, right? Oh, my God. There's like 10. <laughs> oh, my. You're right. You guys are awesome. 10 emails. Um, so yeah, yeah. Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, yeah. Mike Davis. Um, Mo- Mostert and Davis are certainly intriguing to me. Uh, I like Khalil Herbert. I, I think Khalil Herbert is definitely more in the lottery ticket mold of needs an injury to happen because I think we saw that. You mentioned the Bears game. Uh, the entire first Two, two, three series, I think it was. I think it was like 20 or 22 snaps of Justin Fields. It was it was David Montgomery. So, you know, Herbert, for the talk of he's going to be involved more, I don't think it's going to necessarily materialize right away. Uh, Davis might be the Ravens starter week one. You know, we've talked about this a lot. With Gus Edwards on the pup list, you know he's out for four weeks. And Dobbins, you know, maybe not be being ready for week one. Mike Davis is an unbelievable zero RB target. Are you seeing all the emails coming yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> You guys are awesome. Wow. Um, uh, so that's that's part of it. And then Mostert, we just uh, alluded to this. You know, he could have a, a significant role with the Dolphins. So, yeah, I think all three of these guys are, are, are great. You know, you brought up Rashad White. That's another guy, you know, you should be looking for. Uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, I think, still falls in this category also based on his ADP. All right, more sleepers from Dave. I lost my place amongst all this barrage of emails. Okay, uh, Isaiah <laughs> McKenzie. And David Njoku, he's been talking about David Njoku for so long, so kudos to him yep. there. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie got hurt. Is he injured right now? So he left practice on Saturday, I believe, and uh, there was no follow-up to it. And so there's a few things at play here with this because when when Pete was in Buffalo and he was raving about Isaiah McKenzie, so it's a great call by Dave. I know this is the, the sleeper that he's, he's highlighting this year, and he's been talking about it for a while. So, you know, it's not like he just jumped on it. Um, he, he jumped on it after Jump you know, he was it. trying to get some buzz, but he, uh, you know, he's he's excited about Isaiah McKenzie. If Jamison Crowder makes the final roster, I'm curious to see how that's all going to work for McKenzie. Will he have this role completely? If he screws up at any point, will they go to Crowder because you know what you're getting in Crowder? 
And then Khalil Shakir as well, you know, what will happen there. So McKenzie's injury is certainly one to monitor. But basically where you're drafting McKenzie is is free. I don't know how many people want to draft him in non-PPR. I think he's a borderline guy in half PPR. But in full PPR, he should absolutely be underrated. All right. So Dave gave you Lawrence and Tua, Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, Mike Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, David Njoku, Jamie's Sleepers, Kirk Cousins. Cousins going just ahead of Lawrence, Tua, Ryan Winston, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Justin Fields, so that group. So he's after Aaron Rodgers, uh, after Derek Carr. Yeah, he's like the last of the. We know we kind of know what we're going to get, but you think Cousins has potential to be really good, and the stats bear it out. When Thielen is healthy, and Jefferson is Jefferson over the last year and a half, basically Cousins has been so good. So I, now I, you have more Osborne, you have Irv Smith back. I mean, he's just got yeah, and a different coach. Unbelievable receiving core. That's going to be less run heavy, you'd think. Um, Naeem Hines you already talked about. So then let me, let's talk about three wide receivers late that you gave me. These uh, these three sleepers. How do you rank them? Josh Palmer for the Chargers, KJ Osborne for the Vikings, and Nico Collins for the Texans. Collins is ahead of them because his role is solidified. He's going to be the number two guy behind Brandon Cooks. And I think as we've seen in the preseason, you know, Davis Mills will lean on him. And he's got an opportunity, I think, to be kind of like what a poor man's Michael Pittman was last year in his second season. I don't think he's going to reach those heights because Brandon Cooks is there. But if Cooks misses any time, then he's in a great spot. God, this is just amazing watching these emails coming. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, 20. But I think if the other two guys in terms of Palmer and Osborne get starting roles, and unfortunately it would probably be due to an injury, you saw it with Osborne last year. He was great whenever Adam Thielen was out, and even in some cases when Thielen was still there. You know, he didn't have a, a plethora of targets all the time, but he certainly has the chance to be the type of guy that you just stash at the end of your bench and see what happens. And the same thing with Palmer. You know, we saw that for him at the end of last season also. You know, when he got a chance to play more, you've heard nothing but rave reviews. Um, if Keenan Allen, probably more so than Mike Williams, but if either one misses time, I think we're going to see those two uh, are. Uh, Palmer step into you know a, a bigger role and and think about what you're attaching these guys to. You're attaching one to Justin Herbert, which is easy. You're attaching the other one to what we all expect to be a more explosive offense in Minnesota. So uh, I like the upside for both those guys. You know, again, like I said about Zamir White, I don't like to leave my draft without taking a chance on one of these guys if I have the opportunity to. So um, if you go receiver heavy, like I did this one draft last night where my first round pick was Jamar Chase. I got Barkley in round two. And then I went Pittman and Cortland Sutton and Brandon Cooks with my next four picks. I loved how that worked out. You know, so my first five picks were four receivers and, and a running back. So what did I start doing next? I started getting running backs. And then when you factor in quarterback and tight end, it was, okay, what type of receiver can I get at the end of my draft? I took a shot on Marcos Valdez-Scantling ahead of those guys, but this is the type of receiver that I'm mm-hmm. looking for as that fifth option. You know, who can be a lottery ticket type of guy? I thought MBS, you know, if you want to put him in sleeper category, he's ahead of those yeah, guys. Yeah, um, he should be, yeah. I'm sorry? He should be in that category. I definitely... Yes, yeah, so MBS is ahead of those guys. But, you know, again, same theory. You know, what, what are you attaching yourself to? You're attaching yourself to a great quarterback, great system, great opportunity. Yeah. Collins, by the way, is like six foot four, ran a 440, uh, four, four point four forty. He's a really good athlete. Uh, you don't love his quarterback, but you love the talent and should be number two in targets for the Texans. I, I'm excited. I, you guys have really gotten me excited to draft... Nico Collins, love the sleeper call there. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with our with our breakouts and busts. We are going to come back, it looks like, with Dave Richard as he's standing by. And we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, Dave. Welcome back, Dave. 
I'm I'm here for now. I don't know how long I'll let you know. I love computers. Aren't they really wonderful? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like and I know Office Space was just a movie, but if it were a TV show, the last thirty minutes of my life would be an episode. You you like computers. You like hold on, I have to get the, the rim shot. Uh where is it? You like computers about as much as Sarah Connor. That's for Terminator. Right. Yeah, yeah, Terminator. <laughs> okay, so anyway, let's go to breakouts here. And since Dave's only going to be on for the next 30 seconds or so, let's get Dave's breakouts. <laughs> you have Derek Carr. Jamie had Kirk Cousins as a sleeper. You have Carr as a breakout. I mean, they're the same. You know, they go basically back yeah. to back. Who do you like better, Carr or Cousins? And then you're also going to talk about three wide receivers, DJ Moore, Gabriel Davis, and Marquise Brown. But kick it off with Carr. So just generally speaking, when I think of a breakout, I think about a player that's going to have the best year of their career. So uh, Carr's in line for it. He's got Devontae Adams, huge weapon on the outside, huge touchdown magnet. Uh, Waller hopefully will be okay. I think Renfro, the, the more that Waller's banged up, the better Renfro looks. And questions about the run game, I'm okay with Josh Jacobs, but I don't know how much they're going to lean on the run game when they've got so much in the passing game. So I think Carr's got a shot to put up career best numbers. I do like Cousins better than Carr. Uh, Cousins moved into my top 12 this weekend. DJ Moore uh, and Gabriel Davis and Marquise Brown are the three receivers. It won't take too much more for DJ Moore to have a career year. Uh, Six touchdowns, maybe seven from Baker Mayfield. I'm optimistic that Baker can help him get there if Baker can stay healthy. And I think right around 1,100 yards, which is where he's been, I think he's in line for that. Gabriel Davis, we've been talking about for six months. I think everybody's aware of what his upside is. He's in the right offense. And Marquise Brown, he's got he's got one year, I think, with more than six touchdowns, and he's got one year last year with over 90 catches and over 1,000 yards. He's just in a better offense now, and the targets and the volume should be there for him. I think he'll have a new career high, not necessarily in catches, but in yards, and he should at least get seven touchdowns over 17 games. And DJ he Moore is- would absolutely hate if he knew – what the ADP is for Gabriel Davis right now on our site. Oh, no. Well, let me talk about DJ Moore's ADP real quick. Because I just want to say he's still a round four pick. He's a round four pick on Fantasy Football Calculator. He, yeah, Pitt, well, not on Fantasy Football Calculator. He's 25th yeah. there. But on CBS, Pittman's a round four pick. DJ Moore is a round four pick. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that could really be... That could really be a focal point for you in drafts. If you know you can get DJ Moore in round four or even late round three, it's a great time to take him. What's Gabriel Davis's ADP on CBS? He is, Cal. All right, ADP price is right. Let's see. Oh, I got it. Got? <laughs> I'll, let Dave, I'll let Dave go because I already saw. The, the wide receiver ADPs on CBS have been crazy. So I'd be surprised if it's higher than like 75. It's, it is higher than 75. It's not necessarily the ADP itself. It's the wide receiver number that he is. He is the 22nd receiver off the board. So what he number? would go nuts about that. If he 60, that. 66th. And he's going ahead of Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy. I, honestly, I, I don't... I can't sit here and say, you're wrong. You shouldn't take him ahead of those guys. But... I will note that he's one of the biggest risers, and I think just that touchdown that he caught has people and excited. In non-PPR, though, you can make a strong argument for it because if he does yeah. Yeah. get the touchdowns, and we have him projected from Sportsline as 10 touchdowns, which is a lot, you know, if he gets to that, and you've heard me say this before, I said this on HQ a few uh, weeks ago, I said it here a few times, that if you're taking a wide receiver prop, this is the guy you want to take a shot on based on the odds for leading the NFL in touchdown receptions because he's got that potential. We saw it in one preseason game already. We saw it in the playoff game with four. He had five in the playoffs altogether. You know, he's got that upside. And so if McKenzie's injury is bad and they don't want to necessarily, Josh Allen doesn't want to trust, you know, Jameson Crowder or Khalil Shakir, uh, Dawson Knox, you know, he's going to be a, a factor in the red zone. Davis, you see here, I mean, 10 touchdowns. That's that's hard to overlook. I'm surprised his his PPR rank is so low given those 10 touchdowns because you only see 46 catches based on his projection. But, man, he could Wait be special. We're projecting him for 46 catches and 10 touchdowns? Don't ask me. I don't do it. That can't, that, I, I think that's part of the reason why his ADP is high is because people there, – there are a percentage of people that auto-draft. You know, they, they agree to do a draft and they don't show up. But that, 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 that's not reflective, though, because his projection no. is 39th. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. So yeah, and and the fact I mean the fact that he has the green plus ten arrow is is says to me that 
People are just, you know, all, honestly, you know how it works with fantasy managers. All it takes is that highlight reel catch. It was a great catch that he made in, the, in that preseason game a few days ago. And it's going to get people more excited about him. I just want to give a stat that I, I just did some calculating. Devontae Adams, I took away his first two seasons. He didn't really do much his first two seasons. He had four touchdowns. His third season, Devontae Adams had 12. And that started a stretch of five double-digit touchdown seasons in his last six. So over the last six years, Devontae Adams has an 8.1% touchdown rate. That is, he has caught a touchdown on 8.1% of his targets. Gabriel Davis, for his career, is at (laughs) 10.4%. He crushes even Devontae Adams, and that does not even include the playoffs. Uh, So for whatever reason, Gabriel Davis is just the ultimate touchdown machine in in a small sample size. Uh, That means that all he would need is 100 targets to get 10 touchdowns. If he got 112, 120 targets, he'd have 12 touchdowns based on his career rate. Uh, so that's, you know, you don't project him to do that, but he just has been a magnet for touchdowns. All right, sorry. Uh, so Dave gave us Carr, DJ Moore, Gabriel Davis, and Marquise Brown. We as a fantasy team here love Michael Pittman. Uh, I will ask, though, do you think 25th overall is too early for Michael Pittman? That is basically where you might have to take him. Too low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jamie's cool with him at the 2-3 turn. Dave, are you cool with Michael Pittman at the 2-3? In full PPR, I am cool with him at the 2-3 turn. Yeah. Oh, he's going to get so many targets. All right, Jamie's breakouts. He uh, already has. If, you, if you've watched in the preseason, Matt Ryan's thrown to him like crazy. Yeah, I'll give a stat once again, because uh, you weren't on for when I said it, 35% target share with Matt Ryan. And I have to give credit to the I guy mean, it, who... it is the preseason. How many passes has Matt Ryan even thrown? I don't know, but 35% yeah, is but wild. It, it, it's That's a lot, yeah. And there were a bunch to the running backs, too, not just... Yeah, I was going to say, the other, uh, the other 65 went to 99. <laughs> <laughs> no, no no other player had more than 12%, but that but Hines wasn't on the field for all of you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I have to give credit to... Dwayne McFarland on Twitter at Dwayne D W A I N McFarland M C Farland. Uh, he's got great stats like that. Um, tight end part like tight end participation routes. Mo Alley Cox seventy five percent participation route. Uh, his route participation was seventy five percent with Matt Ryan, which signifies that Mo Alley Cox in a super deep league. I'm not saying he's gonna be good, but that he is appears to be like the starting tight end. Um, Noah Fan only 54% with Geno Smith. That's troublesome. This one was big, though. David Njoku, 80% tight end route participation with the starters. David Njoku, Does that mean 80%. just like routes run? Yeah, so when the starters were on the field... The participation. When the starters were on the field, he ran routes on 80% of those plays, and that's, that's elite. Right, yeah. okay. So that's good. All right, back to breakouts. Jamie gave us Chase Edmonds. Jamie, you and I, we love AJ Dillon. I think Dave, you are you in, on the AJ Dillon love too? Oh yes, okay. very much so. So how top fifty pick? How okay, top fifty? Or is that you agree on that, Jamie? Top fifty for AJ Dillon? Um, definitely non PPR. Uh, PPR is close. You know, I, there there are so many receivers I like at that range, so it's hard to take Dillon over some of those guys. But you know, depending on how you build your team, um, you can you can make a case for it. He's like I take him over Josh Jacobs. He he goes there. I take him over Akers at this point. Um, I take him over Zeke. Um, the one I'm struggling with is Brees Hall, but you know they're they're right there. Yeah. But uh, Dylan, to me, is you know as I've said many a time that he's going to be probably the leader in carries, probably a leader in rushing yards, maybe a leader in rushing touchdowns. Uh, he'll be involved in the passing game, and he's an injury away from being a top five caliber player. And just real quick on Brees Hall, it's it's pretty obvious that at least at the start of the season, Michael Carter is going to have a significant role. Uh, do you feel like you have to wait? for Brees Hall, or do you feel like he's a week one starter for you? No, like I said, I, I think you got to understand what you're buying. You're buying the potential of a, a top 15 caliber player, and he's got that upside. He's got the ability to play in the passing game. He's got the ability to, you know, be a, a, a 1,200, 1,500 type of, of rushing yard guy, but that's if everything breaks right for him. Now, I do think the uh, – first of all, I like the, the way Dwayne Brown looked in the game against the Giants, and I think that addition will help offset the loss of Beckton. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I said this, uh, you, you brought up Javante Williams, uh, you know, it feels a little, and, and I don't think it's going to be to this height, but it feels a little Jonathan Taylor, his rookie season, you know, the, the measurables for the two guys are, are comparable coming out of school. And we, we, we knew going in, it was going to be Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines and what was going to happen there once everything sort of 
took hold. Now it took Marlon Mack, or it helped that Marlon Mack had the Achilles tear in, in the first game. And then Jonathan Taylor got the opportunity to play more, but there's not a third guy like there was that season for the Colts. You know, so this is a situation where I think we'll get Brees Hall working in tandem with Michael Carter. He may not get the first carry. Uh, he may not get the first series, but once he starts to understand and the game slows down for him, uh, I think he's going to kick Michael Carter to the sideline and you'll see the best of Brees Hall, which could be an easy top 20 running back. I don't think he'll kick him to the sideline, but I think he'll take over the majority of the work there. And I, I think I, I thought you were going to go there when you said when you draft Brees Hall, you've got to know what you're buying. I think you have to commit to him for the entire year. And you have to understand that at the beginning of the year, it could get a little rough and you might only get seven or eight fantasy points out of him. But long term, he's going to be great. And long term might kick in by week three. Okay, Jamie, thank you for that's flooding. why he's around four pick. Thank you for flooding my inbox, Jamie. I do appreciate that. It's amazing. How many likes do we have to? Not enough. We have 1,200 people watching, and we don't even have 300 likes, so please hit the like button. Let's finish the show with busts. Jamie's list we've more or less discussed. Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott, they're both round like three, four turn picks right now on CBS, and that's just too soon. Too soon. So give me a round where you're comfortable taking Zeke and then a round where you're comfortable taking Josh Jacobs in a 12-team league. Zeke round five, Jacobs round six, seven. They're back-to-back for me as late round five picks. Zeke first. And are you guys taking A.J. Dillon over Zeke? Yes. Have been for a while. Okay. Uh, Also, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. Those are mutual busts, and it's based on ADP. Rodgers, now listen, on CBS sites, Burrow's ADP is QB8. It's earlier than that on other sites, so that's better. Even that person. Okay. Um, they're both going as QB eight and QB nine Burrow and Rogers are going ahead of tell me if you take these guys over Burrow and Rogers, Matthew Stafford. No, not over Burrow over Rogers. Russell Wilson. Yes. No, Wilson should go first. Yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Wilson so over both. tell me if you're taking this guy over Burrow and Rogers. So yes on Wilson, okay. Dak Prescott. Yes. For now. Yeah. Over Rogers and Burrow for now. Okay. Derek Carr. Over Over Rodgers. Trey Lance. Over both. I've got him behind Burrow. Okay. I think. They they might be back-to-back. Maybe Lance is ahead of him, but I think Burrow should be ahead of Lance. Not me. I'm having a hard time taking Dak over Burrow. Same. Just... Because of the Tyron Smith thing? Because of everything. I mean, the situation for Burrow is so much better. The only thing that... It's right. If you go, who's got the better weapons? It's easily Burrow. Who's got the better offensive line? Right now, it's Burrow. Who's got the better running back? Right now, it's Burrow. (laughs) So it's like everything that he has around him, it's, oh, okay, so why isn't he better? It's volume. Yeah, I think I'm going to make that push. Right? But it's just, it's, it's, Dak is uh, probably going to throw more. That's, they're just very, very aggressive. And it's, it's, you know, this is no disrespect to Burrow. Dak's a better player right now, still. Yeah, I mean, Dak, Dak has the pedigree. He's, he's done it. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll maybe. see if that. We'll see if that comment holds up. I think Burrow hopefully goes out. You know, every the way he's being drafted, he's got to go out and show that he's a better player than Dak. But he hasn't done that yet. All right, uh, Dave's bus. Yeah, are, and it's funny. Like we're the only ones that are are fighting this. Everybody else is taking Burrow. Over Dak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody else. We don't need to talk about this because everybody else wants Joe Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was. Right, I was uh, announcing the first round of a Superflex draft last night from a St. Jude donation, and Burrow went in the first round of the Superflex, when there weren't really that many quarterbacks, and he went ahead of Kyler Murray. So, just people people love him. It's wild. Okay, wild. And, and he went way ahead of Tom Brady. So, Dave's busts. Okay, <laughs> this is a sexy list to end the show with, Dave. We only have a few minutes left, so... Christian McCaffrey based on ADP. I think he's going second overall. You would take McCaffrey. Fourth overall in full PPR. Jay- so it's it's it, it feels nitpicky to say that, but I just I feel like no one is putting any stock into what's happened the last two years when they take him at first or second overall. I kind of agree with you on that. And I was talking to my brother-in-law yesterday, and, and we were talking about McCaffrey, and I said, yeah, he's been so bad the last two years. And I said, that said, I drafted him third overall in a league last week, and it's the happiest I've been in months. <laughs> Dude, I got him in my two father-son leagues with my kids. 
sixth in one draft Ooh. and seventh in another. This is non-PPR. Yeah. I saw the seventh one. Can I tell you why I was so happy to get him, Dave? This is yeah, such sure. a, this, like, this, this is, by the way, a joke, but because he's obviously, to me, he has the most upside in fantasy, but if he gets hurt, you have a beautiful built-in excuse. <laughs> you know, if you don't do well in fantasy, hey, it wasn't my fault. My guy got hurt. Not, yeah, I, I just took the guy that's been hurt for the last two years, and he got hurt again. Who knew? All right. You're saying James Conner, based on his ADP, is a bust. On CBS, his ADP is like 25th overall, I saw. I thought that that was too soon. When would you take James Conner? Middle to the end of round three. Okay. Would you take Conner or David Montgomery? I believe I have Conner ranked higher. Conner is, is the bridge back, right? He's one of them. A.J. Dillon is the real bridge tender. How about Javante Williams or James Conner? Give me Javante. All right. And then Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, based on their ADPs. On NFC. Oh, so okay. these are uh, Now I'm cherry-picking. Okay. I'm, I'm azer-statting the it. ADPs. I love it. Uh, Bateman and Juju are just going too high for my taste. Uh, I'm worried about Bateman getting a lot of volume in this offense. They want to run. We'll see if they'll, they might not be able to if Dobbins is ready and then everything will change. But I, I think that not only do they like Isaiah likely and how he can contribute. I think they like their potential slot receivers too, Prochet and Duvernay. One of them might pave the way to kind of make Bateman's upside go away. <laughs> Why don't we, we go sit by the bay and eat some hay or make things out of clay, Dave? All right, uh, George Kittle based. Oh, Juju. I'm sorry. Wait. So I have to get. A, I have to get a time in the draft that you're willing to draft Bateman and Juju. Sure, Bateman. Give me a sec. Okay. I've got him at the end of round six. Juju's right after that. Kittle's right in between them. So early to mid seventies for all three of these guys. Oh. Kittle's the one I'm probably the most nervous about. Yeah, mid seventies. Wow. That's yeah, I'm, I'm not just taking him. a bunch of other players ahead of him. Okay. Um, Kittle might be third on the team in targets. I don't know how many times they'll throw. Lance has not looked great throwing the football this preseason. And Ayuk uh, has stepped up. He's going to get targets downfield. Lance might be one of those guys that's more of a downfield thrower than a checkdown guy. He, he, I yeah. think he likes his big arm, and I think that hurts Kittle. And the offensive line has some questionable issues as far as blocking goes, and they'll use Kittle more as a blocker if that's what they need to do. So I, I, I've moved Schultz ahead of him. I've moved Goddard ahead of him. I'm just I'm out on Kittle this year. Well, the big winner here is Dave's computer. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. <laughs> Strong finish for Dave's computer. How many likes? How many likes? How many likes? Well, we have 1,300, almost 1,400 people watching. So that's by far the most wow. we've had this, this Thanks, draft everybody. season. That's live. We'll, hopefully, we'll get to over 20K views. Uh, only 321 likes. That's a little disappointing. If you wouldn't mind hitting that like button as we finish the show, I really we'll appreciate tell them what they get. it. Yeah, if you take a screenshot and email it to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, uh, put HQ League or FFTHQ or something in the subject line. FFTHQ. You get a spot in the... You, no, you don't get a spot. Uh, You're eligible to. for a spot. Um, and uh, we appreciate your support. Thank you very much. And that's, uh, that's going to do it for our Sleepers Breakouts and Bust Bonanza. We will talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.